The student ministry podcast you're about to hear is a sermon preached by Pastor Josh Ermler at the 2010 West Coast Baptist Teen Camp. Brother Ermler is a graduate of West Coast Baptist College and is the pastor of the Ambassador Baptist Church in Fresno, California. And we hope this message will be a blessing to you. For more sermon resources, visit preaching.lancasterbaptist.org. I remember I was super excited. I, I could not wait. I could not wait until it was time for me to get my driver's license. 14 years old when I was 15, I got to go to driving school. And uh, my driver's instructor's name was Michael Johnson, all right? Michael Johnson was his name. He taught us the, how to drive, all this kind of stuff. And I'm going to give you some good lessons. If you take notes here, you'll be able to drive by the end of the week. I promise you. So write these things down. These are going to help you. And so... Michael Johnson, we were sitting in the car. He said, now when you're, when you're driving, the first thing you got to do is you got to put the key in the ignition. I was like, okay, you got the key. You put it in the ignition. That's a good place to start. How many of you guys already knew that? Man, you guys are so smart. You guys is awesome. And uh, this is unbelievable. After that, he said, now there's a couple of mirrors. There's a rear view mirror and there are side view mirrors. And he said, these mirrors are very important. So he says, you need to adjust them just the right way in order so you can see behind you and you can see to the side of you. Now, I just got to tell you guys something just so you know. When I was 16 years old, when I, when I turned 16 years old on my driver's license, all right, um, by no stretch of the imagination was I the tallest guy in the world. You look at me now, I know I look like a giant, and I know you're saying, Brother Ermler, how'd you get to be so big and tall? I ate my vegetables, Wheaties, all those good things. No, I'm teasing with you a little bit, but I was literally 16 years old. This is no joke. I was four feet, nine inches tall, 16 years old, all right? Most of you like passed that when you were like seven, okay? And uh, so because of that, that was a real, that was a real problem. The reason is, is because how many of you would be like, man, four feet nine, you'd have a hard time seeing. And I, I'll be honest, I couldn't even see over the dashboard. So here's what I had to do. Back in the days before Google, we used to use something called phone books, all right? How many of you know what those are? A phone book, big, thick, yellow book. And now you just jump on Google, you can find anything you need. But we had phone books, and I would, I would take two of these phone books, one under my right hand, one under my left hand, and everywhere I went, I had to take these phone books with me. And uh, man, if I was going to the store, I'd take these phone books, and I'd go to the store with this phone book. And the reason is because when I wanted to drive, I'd have to throw those phone books down, one on top of the other. I'd jump on top of them, and that's what I'd sit on in order to be able to drive. How many of you are like, that is so cool? Whatever. Yeah, you're like, I want to do that. It's awesome. I'll be honest, it really wasn't that cool. I remember driving down the road sometimes, and I'd be driving down the road, and I'd get these double takes. You know, people would do one of these numbers. They'd look, and then they'd look again really fast. Brother Lance, I thought they just did that because they thought I was so good looking. You know, they're like, man, that's what I thought. You know, I thought, man, they, I come to find out, one of my buddies told me later, he said, no, Josh, the reason they do that is because when you're driving down the road, it doesn't look like anybody's actually driving the car. <laughs> like, what's going on here? Nobody's driving this thing. And uh, I'd be like waving my hand, would shoot up over the window. I'd do one of these numbers and we just keep on driving. I literally had a couple of times when I was driving that a, a police officer would pull me over. And he'd pull me over and he'd always ask the same question. Can you guess what question he'd ask? How old are you? And I, two times, Brother uh, Newton, two times I got pulled over. They got asked, how old are you? I'm 16 years old. 
I mean, actually, it sounded more like this. I'm 16 years old. <laughs> and he's like, right, let me see your driver's license. I'd have to pull out my driver's license. Now, this is embarrassing. But when they issued me my driver's license, um, there's a place where it says how tall you are and what color your hair is, what color your eyes are. And one of the things they ask you is your gender. And, you know, if, you, if it has an M, that means you're male. And they put an F there for, you know, female. And my driver's license had an F on it. <laughs> so this, no kidding, I'm not joking, I'm serious. I got that thing, I cried the first day I saw it, you know. I was like, so here I am, this police officer. I hand him my driver's license. He's looking at that thing. He's like, okay, he's, it says you're 16. That's probably a lie. It's like, it says you're a female, uh, you know. He's like, is this thing fake, you know? And uh, no, really, it's the, it's the real thing. I'm really 16. I can drive. And man, I look forward to being able to drive. And I want to say this regarding driving. My, what you drive in or what drives you will depend on whether or not you get to your destination. How many of you have ever had a car? Maybe your family used to have a car that, did any of you ever have a car that like always broke down? Anybody? Maybe, maybe somebody, it's like, it's like every time you got in the car, that they broke down. And how many of you have a car and it's like you never have ever broken down, all right? It's a dependable vehicle. And when it drives you, you always get to the destination. What we're gonna talk about this morning is driving forces in the life of junior hires. That is, there are some things that if they drive your life, you're going to get to a destination of holiness. You're going to get to a destination of godliness. And you'll get to the destination of God's will for your life. But if you're not careful, I want you guys to listen up. There are other things that can drive your life that will cause you to break down on the roadside of life. And so over the next few days, I want to talk about a couple of things. And I'm just going to share with you over the next three days some of the things I'm going to talk about. And then we'll start with today's lesson, all right? So over the next few weeks, a uh, few weeks, a few days, we're going to look today at the forces of friendships, all right? What are the things that drive your life? And today we're going to look at the driving force of friendship. Tomorrow we're going to talk about the driving forces of feelings, there are a lot of 7th and 8th graders, and you are motivated. You are driven, not by God's word. You're not driven by that which is right. You know what drives you? Your feelings. You do whatever you feel like doing. And can I encourage you with this? I, I want to ask you this question, and I want you to ask yourself this question. What motivates me? What drives my life. Guys, what drives you? What drives your life? Let's stand, if we can, for just a moment out of respect for God's word. The Bible says in 2 Samuel chapter number 13, beginning in verse number 1, here's what the Bible says. And it came to pass after this that Absalom, the son of David, had a fair sister whose name was Tamar. And Amnon, the son of David, loved her, and Amnon was so vexed that he fell sick for his sister Tamar, and she was a virgin. And Amnon thought it hard for him to do anything to her, but Amnon had a friend whose name was Jonadab, and the son of Shimea, David's brother, and Jonadab was a very subtle man. 
It goes on to say, And he said unto him, Why art thou, being a king's son, lean from day to day? Wilt thou not tell me? And Amnon said unto him, I love Tamar, my brother Absalom's sister. And Jonadab said unto him, Lay thee down on thy bed, and make thyself sick. And when thy father cometh to see thee, say unto him, I pray thee, let my sister Tamar come, and give me meat, and dress the meat in my sight, that I may see it, and eat it at her hand. Let's pray as we talk about the forces of friendship here this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you would be with each of us in this room. Lord, I pray for those that may be talking right now, that there would just be a holy hush across this entire building. Lord, I pray that we would have a heart to focus on the Word of God, Lord, and that there would be an environment, Lord, where we could hear the Word of God. I pray that you would be with me as I teach. I pray that you'd have me say that which you'd want me to say and, and not say what you would not have me to say. Lord, I pray that you'd help, Lord, us as we grow in the Word of God. Here this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Somebody said this, I don't know if it's really that great one way or the other, but it's a little poem. It goes like this. You can pick your friends. You've heard this before, haven't you? And you can pick your nose. But please don't pick your friend's nose, all right? <laughs> Somebody once said it this way. Maybe you've heard this one before. Birdie, birdie in the sky. Why'd you do that in my eye? <laughs> I'm not mad. <laughs> I won't cry. I'm just get glad that cows don't fly, all right? How many of you are glad, glad that cows don't fly around? How many of you didn't even get that? You're like, that went right over my head. I have no idea. Talk to your counselors. They'll explain it to you, all right? May I remind you of this? There are some people, some of you right here, you're in seventh and you're in eighth grade, and you know what drives your life? You say, I don't really know what drives my life. I don't know what causes me to do the things I do. And I'm going to try to help you guys with something because if you don't figure out what it is that's driving your heart, if you don't figure out what's driving your life, can I say this? You may end up in some places that are a disaster. You may find your life broken down on the highway of life unless you figure out what drives me. Can I ask you the question? What is it that motivates you? What causes you to do what you do? If I were to ask you, and you say, I'm only in seventh grade, I'm only in eighth grade, can I ask you this question? What is it that makes you do what you do? Do you know? Does anybody want to raise their hand? Does somebody? What is it that makes you do what you do? When you're happy, what makes you happy? When you go to church, what makes you go to church? When you read your Bible, what makes you read your Bible? When you get angry, what makes you get angry? What drives your life? Does anybody want to be bold? What drives you? Feelings. That is true. Sometimes we're driven by feelings. Anybody else? What drives you? What causes you to do what you do? Your heart. That would maybe go along with feelings. That's pretty good. Desires. I think these are a lot of different words to kind of articulate this idea of feelings. We're going to talk about something that I believe controls a lot of teenagers. A lot of junior hires write it down. It's the forces of friendship. Let me tell you a little story. We just read about it here in this passage. There's a guy by the name of Amnon, and the Bible says that Amnon had a friend. How many of you are glad you're not named Amnon? All right, you guys glad about that? Uh, that'd be kind of a rough name to have. And uh, this guy's name was Amnon, and it's it's kind of a weird little story. But Amnon was like really, really in love. He 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 was he was he found himself in love, and, and he really he really was just his his heart loved this girl. But what was weird about it? It was his sister. 
That's kind of gross. Uh, you know, let's just be honest. Uh, the whole story could have ended right there. His friend should have said, you're sick, man. All right. You like your sister. What, what's up with that? And then the end of the story should have been right there. But he had this friend that the Bible says was subtle. Now, the word subtle means he was manipulative. He was controlling. He wanted to influence for that which was evil. His name was Jonadab. So Amnon, he's in love with his sister. Can everybody say gross? <laughs> okay, so he loves his sister, but it's his sister. So he's kind of like, all right, I'm not going to do a whole lot. Technically, I guess we could say it was his stepsister if we were to be totally accurate here. And so, but, but Jonadab says, hey, man, hey, if, if, if you like her, here's what you need to do. He says, you need to pretend like you're really sick. How many of you have ever done that so you can get out of school? Hey, put your hands down, all right? It's not confession time. So he says, just pretend like you're really sick in your stomach and then ask, you know, Tamar, this, the, your sister that you really like, ask her, to, ask her to come and make you some dinner. And then when she comes, you can tell her that you love her. Now, the whole thing is just really, you know, kind of gross. But the point of the story is this, that, Really, Amnon was driven. What controlled him was a friend. And I, I want to say this, and I want, you to, I want you to listen to this. Some of you, in five years, your life might be ruined because of a friend. If you're not careful, you'll start hanging out with some people, maybe some people who start, man, messing around with drugs. So people who think it's not really a big deal if I just kind of, you know, get a little drunk. And you say, I would never do those things and I would never do those things. But because you're by them, it's going to make an impact in your life. If you write down this statement, a friend determines your end. Write it down. A friend determines your end. You guys want a good end? Have good friends. You guys want a godly end? You're going to have to have some godly friends. You guys want to have a blessed end? You need to have some blessed friends. You want to have a successful end? Then you need to hang out with successful friends. My point is this. Your friend determines your end. And we're going to see in a minute here, Amnon's life was ruined. He literally was murdered for what he did. And the reason is because he allowed friends to drive his life. He allowed friends to motivate his life. Can I say this? If you're sitting here today, I want you to be very, very, very careful about the friends that you hang out with. You say, well, wait a second. My friends are at church camp with me. I mean, the, everybody who goes to church camp is good, right? Wrong. Now, we're glad you're here. And we're glad you've come. But I want to say this, guys. You need to be very, very, very particular about the friends that you hang out with. And you know what? Some of you, by the end of this week, may need to cut off some friendships. You say, why? I don't understand. Why would I have to cut off some friendship? We're going to talk about it here in just a minute. But notice, first of all, I see here in this passage that Amnon was defiled. He was defiled by the character of his friends. Proverbs chapter number 22 says it this way, make no friendship with an angry man. 
Can I say this? If you have a friend that is always getting mad, the Bible says that person should not be your friend. That's what the Bible says, Proverbs. Make no friendship with angry people. If you have friends and every time you get on the basketball court, they start cursing and their veins getting real mad and man, they're just always getting angry about everything. Can I say this? They shouldn't be your friend. The Bible is very clear. Don't, don't have friends that get angry because here's what's going to happen. It'll start making you an angry person. You see, Amnon here was defiled by the character of his friends, his friends. There are three friends that are talked about in the book of Proverbs. Many of you, how many of you have ever read through Proverbs before? How many of you have ever read a Proverbs? Lift up your hand. You said, I've read, I've read part of Proverbs before. That's good. You may put your hands down. I'll say as a side note, for those of you this age, Proverbs is a great book of the Bible to read regularly. There's 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs. You can read one proverb every day for the 31 days in the months. And you can read through the entire book in one month. When I was your age, literally, and I'm not trying to you know, toot my own horn or anything, but I read through the book of Proverbs many, many times as a teenager. I, it helped me. It helped me. And it would help you if you would read through that. But in the book of Proverbs, there are three types of friends that are talked about. And I want to talk about all of those real quick. First of all, the Bible talks about wise friends, okay? You're going to have to choose what type of friends you're going to have. What type of friends? Are you going to have wise friends? You say, what's a wise friend act like? Number one, they delight in God. They like God. Wise friends like God. Can I say this? If your friends, man, they come to church and they fold their arms and throw back their head and they, man, they hate the things of God and they never want to read their Bible and they never want to talk about Jesus Christ and they're just, can I say this? That's not a wise friend. Because a wise friend delights in God. Here's another thing wise friends do. They do God's will. They delight in God and they do God's will. That is, they obey their parents. They listen to authority. These are wise friends from the book of Proverbs. They delight in God. They do God's will. And they're always drawing closer to God. Three D's right there, okay? They're always drawing closer to God. This is how you know if a person is a wise friend. A wise friend. Can I ask you a question? Do you have wise friends? Do the friends you're sitting next to, do they delight in God? Do they love hanging out with God in His Word, in His church? They delight in God. Do they do God's will? Are they obeying their parents? Can I say this? If your friends don't obey their parents, you need to stop being their friend. Because those negative, bad friendships will destroy your life. Those, the, you see, friendships is a driving force in your life. And if you're not careful, that friend will determine your end. Your friend will determine your end. Oh, we see there are wise friends, but the book of Proverbs also talks about worldly friends, worldly friends. And I mean that in a, ne in a negative connotation. Uh, what do you mean worldly friends? Number one, they disdain God. What do worldly friends do? They disdain, they hate God. They don't like him. They don't want to talk about him. They don't want to be reminded of him. They disdain God. You say, what else do worldly friends do? They disobey God. It's not just that they don't like God, they don't like talking about Him, they disobey Him. They, they, they're going to disobey the Bible, they're going to disobey spiritual authority, they're going to disobey, you know, whatever, uh, whatever, man, whether it be the police or government. Why? Because they're disobedient people, they're rebellious people. Worldly friends are disobedient. 
And then thirdly, they, they destroy their walk with God and they'll destroy your walk with God. So there's wise friends. The Bible talks about wise friends in Proverbs. The Bible talks about worldly friends, but there's also one other, and it's kind of in the middle. If, if this is where the wise friends were right here, and over here is where the worldly friends are, the book of Proverbs also talks about another type of friend. And the, the, book, the Bible uses the word simple, but I'm going to use this word. I'm going to call them whatever friends. Whatever friends. They're just kind of in the middle. They're not... They're not wise, godly friends. They're not like worldly, horrible friends. But they're just whatever friends. Eh, if I feel like going to camp, I'm going to go to camp. But if I feel like, you know, doing my own thing, I'll do my own thing. If I feel like obeying my parents, I'll obey my parents. But if I feel like disobeying them, I'm going to disobey. Why? Because they're just whatever. They're whatever friends. Whatever friends, they doubt God oftentimes. Eh, I know that's what God said, but yeah, we'll see. They doubt God. This is how you know if it's a whatever friend. They disregard God. It's not like they disdain him. It's not like they hate God. It's, it's not like they, man, are mad at God. They just really don't care one way or the other. It's, yeah, whatever. And they're always distancing themselves from God. This is how you know if you've got a whatever friend. Can I ask you a question? The person you're sitting next to, and I'm not asking you to judge, I'm just saying, you got to guard your heart. And if you're not careful, your friend will determine your end. And it may be that God puts it on your heart this week to break up with some friends. Can I say this? We don't need worldly friends. They'll hurt you. We need to have wise friends, godly friends, because if a wise friend will drive you right, what's the driving force in your life? You see here, Amnon here, we see in the passage of Scripture, Amnon was defiled by the character of his friends. I'm going to give you a list. How do you know if somebody will make a good friend? Write these things down. These will help you. How do you know if somebody will make a good friend? I want to give you a couple of things real quick. How do you know? This is good. And... Uh, I got some good friends in here, you know, my brother Eggy back here, you know, man, he's a good friend. I've known him for many, many years, a good friend. And I could go to this list I'm about to share with you and he'd pass these things because he's a good man. But let me show you some of these things. What makes that person laugh? This is a good question to ask when you're, if you're, if you're going to build a friendship, what makes them laugh? This is a good question. If your friends are always laughing at things that are off color, things that are dirty, things that are crude, sometimes, what I call sometimes bathroom talk. They're always talking about just crude bathroom type things. When I say this, you may want to be careful. How do you know if somebody will make a good friend? What do they laugh at? Do they laugh at things that are clean and holy? I, it's great to have a good time. I enjoy laughing. I, I enjoy having a good time. But we don't need to laugh about things that are dirty. We, we don't need guys that are like making fun of the way girls, uh, you know, uh, just different things like that and, and making fun of, you know, uh, their bodies or whatever the case may be. It's just, it's not appropriate. What do they laugh at? If they're always laughing at things that are, worldly, if they're laughing at things that are crude, if they're laughing at things that are ungodly, guess what? They're not going to be a good friend. This is how you're going to know if, you, if it's a good friend. Here's another thing here. 
How do they talk about authority? How do they talk about authority? If they're always kind of bashing their authority, well, my parents always make me do this, and I can't guess, man, can you believe what my parents did? I, I can't believe my parents made me go here. I can't believe my parents made me, I, I can't believe they wouldn't let me wear this outfit. If your friends are always bashing authority, guess what, they're probably not gonna be a good friend for you. But if they say, man, I thank the Lord that God's given me some good parents, you know what, I'll tell you what, that's a good, that's, that would make a good friend. You got Lance Schmidt here. I, I've known Lance, and in fact, you were in junior high when I first got here, the junior high department. And one thing I've always respected about Lance, and one of the reasons I knew that God was going to use his life in some great ways, is he was always, always, always had a great response toward authority, whether that was his parents, whether that was his pastor or youth pastor. He always spoke very highly of people in authority over him. And I just, I knew it. I knew at that moment God, God was going to use him. And can I say this? If you have friends that are always bashing authority, you need to break up with a friend. And you need to go find a friend that laughs at things that are right, that isn't bashing authority. Let's, here's another question you can ask yourself if somebody would make a good friend. What do they do when they're in private? That is when it's just you and them. No parents, no teachers, no youth pastors. It's just you guys. You're sitting there in front of a, you know, a TV. What are they like when they're in private? Because a person is who they are when they're in private. You say, well, when they're at church, they're really good. And when we're at youth group, they're really nice. And, and no, I didn't ask you how they are at church because you know what? Anybody can act a certain way at church. I'm asking you, how do they act when you guys are in private? What do they talk about when, no, when they think nobody's listening? Guys, it, it's important the type of friends that you have. And not just that you would have right friends, but we're going to talk about this. Being a right friend. What do you laugh at? How do you talk about authority? How do you behave when you're in private? These are questions you need to ask about your friends. If Amnon would have asked these questions toward Jonadab, he would have never have hung out with him. And I promise you, he, would have, he wouldn't have died as early as he did. He got murdered because he listened to Jonadab's advice. That's pretty rough. How many of you would like it all of a sudden? And this, is, this may sound a little extreme, but I have, I've heard of teenager after teenager after teenager whose life was cut off short. That is, they died young because they hung out with the wrong friends. They started hanging out with a friend that started drinking. All of a sudden, they jumped in a car and the guy was drunk and it, man, their life was snatched away because of wrong friends. Are you driven by your friendships? Man, oh, that we wouldn't be driven by friends. Here's another question you can ask yourself. How do they treat people younger and different than them? This is a good question. You say, I don't know if, I, if this is a good friend or a bad friend. How do they treat people younger than them? And how do they treat people different than them? If they can treat younger kids with respect and they can treat kids that are a little bit different with respect, that's probably a good friend. I know I, I sometimes we get around some punk teenager who thinks, man, he's, he's, I'm going to make fun of this kid because he's short, or I'm going to make fun of this girl because she's fat. I'm going to make fun of this person because they're wearing glasses. Can I say this? That's not, that's not the type of friend you want. How do, how, ask yourself, how does the person treat people that are younger than them 
And how do they treat people that are different? You know the eighth grader that I would want to hang out with in this youth group? The ones that are nice to the seventh graders. Because truth is, you're eighth grade, you think you're all that. And some of you, if you're not careful, you could, you could start acting like little punks toward the seventh graders. And can I say this? If, if that's you and you're always, man, you're treating the seventh graders like they're just, you know, making fun of them and teasing them. And I'm not saying you can't joke around. It's, it's okay to have some fun time. But if you're just like always just like bash, can I say this? I would want to hang out with you. And I would encourage others to hang out with you. Because you can tell a lot about a person's heart by how they treat people younger than them and how they treat people different than them. How do you treat the younger kids? Seventh graders, how do you treat, your four, how do you treat fourth graders? How do you treat that, that guy that has that, that, that speaking disorder that doesn't talk as good as you do? Man, a good friend treats these people with respect. Here's another question. Do they ever talk about God? If the person you hang out with never talks about God, you probably don't want them as your friend. And I'm not saying you have to talk about God all the time. That's not what I'm saying. I mean, that, that would be a little weird too. <laughs> Everything that comes out of their mouth, you know? I mean, there's going to be times you're going to talk about sports and you're going to talk about video games and you're going to talk about these things. That's not wrong. But ask yourself, does the person, do the people I hang out with ever talk about God? And if not, then maybe it's time to find yourself some new friends. Because friends determine your end. You see, Amnon was literally defiled by the character of his friend. You know, it's not your job to help worldly teenagers. You know whose job that is? Their parents, their pastor, and their youth pastor. It's not yours. Because what will happen is they're going to end up tearing you down. 99 times out of 100, it is the worldly friend that pulls down the wise friend, not the wise friend that pulls up a worldly friend. It's not going to happen. So don't fool yourself into thinking, oh, I'm just going to help them out. Can I say this? Let their parents help them out. Let their youth pastor help them out. Let their pastor help them out. You go and find some godly friends. You go and find some godly friends. Secondly, I want to say not only was he defiled, but he was directed by the counsel of his friends. This is the second thought here. He was directed by the counsel of his friends. You see, all of a sudden, his friends, Jonadab, came up to him and Jonadab said, Hey, here's what you need to do. Now, what Jonadab was telling Amnon to do, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to try to be appropriate in the group we have here. But it was horrible, awful sin. Basically, he told Amnon to rape his sister. Awful. Sinful. But you know what? Amnon was there and he just was like, he started listening to the direction and the counsel of his friend. He say, I would never do anything that horrible. I would never do anything that sinful. You know what? Amnon never thought he would do something that awful either. But you know what? He was affected by the counsel of his friend. Your friend will determine your end. You say, what, what's, what's the case here? Number one, I want you to see how this happened. In verse three, we see that he hung around the counsel of wrong friends. He hung around the counsel of wrong friends. Notice in verse three, can I ask you a question? What was Amnon doing hanging around Jebedab? I mean, seriously. 
I mean, who hangs out with people that says to do those type of sick things? I mean, if somebody came up to you, if your best friend came up to you and said, hey, why don't we go out and shoot people today with guns and kill them? It'll <laughs> be fun. <laughs> I think most of you would be like, eh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> go play basketball. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> you see, I don't know what Amnon was doing, but it all started because he was hanging around Jonadab. But then it wasn't just hung, hanging around. Then he came to a place where he heard his wrong friend. So at first he was just hanging around them. And, and this is where it starts. Sometimes you just start hanging around people. You see, oh man, that girl looks cool. That guy, man, he, he knows how to play basketball. He's cool. And so you start kind of trying to hang around them. Maybe they'll like, and then all of a sudden, if you're not careful, then you start listening to them. You're hearing them. You're hearing their profanity coming out of their mouth. You're hearing them use crude language. You're hearing them say these awful things. So at first, you're just hanging around them. And the Bible says in Psalms 1 verse 1, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. First he hung around the wrong counsel, then he heard the wrong counsel. Verse 5, he listened to Jonadab. And then lastly, we see he heeded, or he did, that wrong stuff. Can I say this? It didn't start with him just doing it. So you're sitting here today and you're saying, well, I would never do what this person does. I would never do what that person does. But if you're hanging around it, you're listening to it, guess what? It won't be long before you're doing it. Guys, I want you to be very careful that you're not being directed by the counsel of your friends. Friends are a wonderful thing, but they should not be what drive your life. Some of you girls, if you're not careful because you're insecure maybe or because you maybe you didn't have the acceptance from in a home that you like, you, you, you find some guy and he tells you nice things and you're, you allow yourself to be motivated and literally manipulated by guy friends. And you dress a certain way just so they'll like you and you talk a certain way just so they'll think you're cool and you'll do certain things just to make yourself popular and you're driven by what other people think of you. Can I say this? I hope that you would not be driven by friends, but that you would be driven by the faith of Jesus Christ. See, you're going to have to make a choice. Are my friends going to direct me? Or is God going to direct me? Which one is it? Can I say this? Don't be a person that's driven by friendships. You say, but I've got some friends. It's good to have friends. You should have friends. But you need to allow the word of God to drive your life. And I want to say lastly, I'm going to conclude this. Lastly, we see he was destroyed by the consequences of his friends. Lastly. First, he was defiled by the character of his friends. And then we saw he was directed by the counsel of his friends. And then we saw ultimately it destroyed him. He was destroyed by the consequences of his friends. In verses number 23, notice what the Bible says. Second Samuel, and I want to make sure I get the right, chapter number 13, my page turned on here. In verses number 28, the Bible says, And Absalom had commanded his servant, saying, Mark ye now, when Amnon's heart is merry, 
with wine, and when I say unto you, smite Amnon, then kill him. You see, he was killed. He was killed because of the horrible act that he committed. Can I say this? He was destroyed because of his friends. He was destroyed because of his friends. Guys, I hope each and every one of you will be very careful because the friends you make, your friends determine your end. And some of you, you're going to make it in life. You're going to be successful, and you're going to be blessed, and you're going to be honored, and it's all going to be traced back to having the right friends. And some of you, maybe in five years, your lives will be totally destroyed because you have the wrong friends. I was about, uh, I want to say in 10th grade, and I remember coming to a summer camp just like this one. And while I was there, one of the speakers spoke on having godly friendships, having right friendships. And I I remember thinking back to the people I hung out with, and they were my friends. They were the people I laughed with. They were the people I enjoyed being with. They were, I mean, they were just the ones I sat with. And I remember in that moment as uh, as the preacher was preaching that, you know what, my friends aren't godly friends. And I had to make a decision in my mind that day that I was not going to hang out with those people anymore because I didn't want them to destroy my life. And I remember coming down to an altar and spending some time with God and just praying and saying, God, I don't know. If I give up my friends, I won't have any friends. I said, I really don't even know a person that I would consider a wise friend. And I, I remember as I was praying, Lord, I, I'll, I'll separate myself from some of these friendships, but God, you've got to... I want you to give me a friend, a godly friend, like a Jonathan, like David and Jonathan. And I remember going back to school, and uh, literally within a week of coming back to school, I, I met a man, I met a guy, a teenager at the time. His name was Rick. And you know what? To this day, Rick is one of the, one of the best friends I have. In fact, right now, he's, he attends my church, and, and uh, he's such a blessing. It's such a joy to have him around. In fact, in about three months, we're going to send him off. We're planting a church out of Ambassador where I'm at. And he's going to go and pastor that next church. He's a good friend. And you know what? To be honest, I believe with every ounce of my being, that friendship was a result of deciding that I was going to separate from some wrong friends. And then God gave me right friendships. Guys, is there, is there a friend you need to separate from? You say, well, if everybody separates from him, he won't have any friends. Well, you know, God will take care of them. God will help. God will, God will bring them along. But you need to think to yourself, Do, am, am I hanging out with the right types of people? The Bible tells us that iron sharpeneth iron. Can I ask you this question? What drives you? Are you driven by what the people around you say and what the people around you do? Are you driven by friendships or are you driven by faith? Are you driven by the word of God? What drives you? All right? And let's not be an Amnon whose life is destroyed because of wrong friend choices. Thank you for listening to this Student Ministry 127 podcast. For more sermon resources, visit preaching.lancasterbaptist.org. And for information about West Coast Baptist College, visit wcbc.edu.